Christmas is often seen as a time for giving, and I know many people around this country will be sharing in that very spirit. We saw evidence of it after that earthquake in in Pohang recently, uh, when some fifteen hundred people were displaced from their homes. But Sadly, we do need to up our game a little bit as well. Individual participation in charitable donations in this country has fallen in recent years to 26.7%. That's below the OECD average of 43.5%. So this morning, let's get in touch with a charity in particular, the medical uh, charity organisation Global Care. Peter Song is Public Relations Coordinator and joins us on the line. Thank you very much for speaking with us. Yeah, thank you. We've seen um, major earthquakes around the world, and your group Global Care has been involved in them, far more serious tremors than we've seen here in Korea. Can you give us um, an idea of the situation that Global Care has been facing? Uh, I would like to uh, explain about an example, earthquake in Ecuador. Uh, Like within one week after the earthquake in Ecuador, the executives and project managers gathered up to discuss about the support and action, what we could be done in the damaged area. Uh, first, we contact to a local expert who could work with us and dispatch our investigation team. And the investigation team's goal was to identify the actual amount of damage caused by the earthquake to provide the most appropriate aid. Uh, the team planned to support drinking water and provide sanitation facilities by interviewing the Ministry of Health staffs and city representatives and other NGOs and the local resident uh, representatives. Afterwards, uh, we provided to support twice. For the first time, we supported first aid containing food and water was given to one shelter, which was a blind spot from the support given by UN or the government. Afterwards, drinking water and sanitation up to $100,000 was supported. For the last, uh, we supported $60,000. It was spent on emergency relief to restore the damaged houses. Yeah, I mean, earthquakes, disasters, often um, they happen in a few seconds. The damages can last for months, for years. Can you... Explain to us how quake-stricken regions remain so vulnerable, requiring continued support. Yeah, when an earthquake occurs, most of the area becomes exposed to danger because after a major earthquake, there is a risk of aftershocks. Also, the earthquake weakens the ground, so there can be a secondary damages such as landslides or building collapse. So it takes a long time to get rid of the ruins of the buildings, Also, rebuilding the ground and constructing buildings which uh, contain uh, seismic design. So during recovery stage, the government prevents secondary damage from happening by making migration plans and giving out funds for the victims. And all these stages cause a lot of time. So not only environmental support, but also like education and psychological programs are needed to give in to the victims. So these also cause a lot of time. Uh, victims who experience disaster suffer from fear to live in such areas. So nowadays there are a, a disaster risk reduction program to lower the stress to these people and also to build up resistance to disaster situations. Uh, 
So for these reasons, uh, like consistent and continuous support should be provided to these people. And some of the residents of quake-stricken regions, for example, they they also suffer mental trauma, uh, acute stress, which makes it impossible to enjoy any time of year, even the the festivities we we take for granted. Can you tell us about these symptoms and how global care helps? Uh, First, I would like to mention about the word acute stress disorder, so called ASD. Uh, To help you understand, most of you will be familiar about the word PTSD, which stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD is used to explain about a disorder which appears after six months from the event. And in this case, it is important of giving uh, psychological counseling. However, in case of earthquakes, victims suffer from fear right after the event. So to help ASD victims, they need medical treatments such, such as stabilizers and sleeping pills to reduce anxiety right away. Now, our organization dealt with this issue in Nepal 2015. By the huge earthquake drove overseas, Koreans into fear. So we sent psychological doctors and a medical team to support them. And these are, of course, some of many of the examples of your work, but there are people who generally have lost trust in NGOs or lost enthusiasm for supporting them. Maybe they feel their donations don't go where they're needed. Can you offer any reassurance? Uh, I understand that uh, recent crimes such as like embezzlement and fraud had made a lot of uh, to lower the trust to NGOs. Like these kind of issues are like dominoes; they don't end just with one happening. They influence by freezing the people's hearts of giving help. So I understand how Korea is going through the giving phobia at this moment. And what I can say is that NGOs must try more hard to build up trust with their sponsors by opening up their expenses and reporting about their projects more often. Also, in case of our organization, we are trying to avoid poverty pornography by not exposing pictures of people to protect their rights. Uh, instead, we try to focus on how the program could give benefit or the changes that we can make. This way, we could own trust from our sponsors through showing how much we care about the people in the program. Uh, and the most uh, well important thing is that I believe that if we try to express our sincerity of the NGOs, uh, it will build, uh, be able to build a strong bond between the sponsors. Peter Song, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you very much. Peter Song from Global Care there. We were hearing about the need perhaps to expand this charitable sentiment at Christmas time. One of the basic needs that I think we all take for granted is having a shelter above our head, not only when it's cold outside, but to share with other people, to have as a of a base for ourselves to um, be able to go out in the world and contribute meaningfully. I mean, it's just one of the fundamental needs of life, a habitat of our own. And our next guest is Joy Son, National Director of Habitat for Humanity Korea. And happy Christmas to you too. Happy Christmas to you. Thank you so much for speaking with us. So Habitat for Humanity, it's a global organization, as I said, 
and it has the slogan, a world where everyone has a decent place to live. And that seems important at any time, but particularly when it's so cold outside. Can you talk to us about how residential rights tie in with welfare, please? Okay, as you know well, housing is one of the very basic needs and broadly linked with other factors. Determining quality of life such as health and hygiene, education, water and sanitation, livelihood, and social status. Housing is important as it means more than a roof over one's head. We believe house triggers sustainable changes and transformation of people, families, and communities. Habitat for Humanity is not just building houses. We aim to build homes and hopes through houses. I mean, it's more than houses. I saw many homeowners who hope to live better lives after moving into new house. So it's not handout, it's um, hand up. And this word, habitat, it's very important. Your use of words seems very significant generally in the way you're approaching this issue, how it informs us. But people are sadly deprived of this right. What are some of the issues that are affecting people's housing status here? Yeah, we expect one billion new homes will be in need worldwide by 2025. Especially we pay more attention to housing issues in urbanizing world. The urban population has soared drastically and many cities are falling short in housing supply. Slums are growing in many cities. Basic needs for space, privacy, access to safe water and sanitation are failing to be met in slums, actually. But we are glad that international communities selected housing and urban issue as one of the major agendas, including SDG 11, as you make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable. To meet increasing housing demands in urban slums and achieve international goals agreed on SDG, we will take a leading role for slum dwellers to secure housing rights with decent and affordable houses. How exactly does that process work? Can you tell us how Habitat for Humanity works, how it copes with these issues? Uh, Habitat for Humanity International inaugurated a solid ground campaign. Solid ground campaign is the global advocacy campaign intended to tackle large social issues encompassing housing and land issues in urban and rural areas. Uh, let me hereby introduce also our new agenda called Impact Asia 2020. This is one of the provocative goals to maximize and expand habitat's impact to Asia region by 2020. We aim to involve youth with leadership. We also want to uh, engage a number of partners for shelter delivery, urban low-cost housing, urban planning and disaster response and mitigation. Um, Habitat Korea and Habitat International all over the world globally aims to support 1 million people by improving shelter situation. Aside from direct shelter and housing support, Habitat has been expanding scopes of working areas that can create housing opportunity to 1 million people and increase awareness on housing of 2 million people. We also invite 2 million housing and shelter advocators, volunteers, and people who can drive the movement within society. 
Of course, um, there are people who still end up uh, without adequate housing in Korea. We don't have quite the same slum issues as we see in other countries, but there are still housing concerns that will affect health and a whole range of, of areas of dignity. Can you introduce some of the recent activities carried out by Habitat for Housing or Habitat for Humanity, rather, Korea? Yes, Habitat Korea would like to build more houses and mobilize more volunteers in 2018, uh, the upcoming year. We recently initiated a social housing program for 12 newly married couples in Seon City. This project is in line with the new housing policy called Housing Welfare Roadmap, issued by uh, President Moon's administration. The year of 2018 is the 13th, 5th year since Jimmy Carter World Project had launched in 2001. Habitat is going to celebrate and commemorate Carter's contribution to Habitat Missions through Impact 35 campaign. Habitat will reopen every site in the world where Jimmy Carter has worked for 35 years, and we call it One Day Legacy Build. We will hold one of the biggest international fundraising events over Habitat Network called ASEA Pacific Development Council in May in Korea 2018. We would like to cordially invite people from various sectors, including policymakers, academics, urban planners, architects, NGOs, students, corporates to this event. We can influence housing sectors in the global community. I hope many volunteers in Korea to join us for this legacy building. Well, thank you so much, Joyce On. It's been a pleasure to have you on the line. We've got to leave it there. That's all we've got time for. But um, we hope that your work is able to bring comfort not only to people here in Korea, but around the world. It's something that we'd like to wish you again a very happy Christmas. Okay, thank you. Joyce On, the National Director of the Habitat for Humanity Korea.